What is going on, everyone? Millie Podcast, Episode 2. I appreciate everyone that listened to my first episode. Uh, We had about 50 listeners, and I think that's just absolutely awesome. Trying to obviously grow those numbers, but like I said, I appreciate everyone that took the time out of their day to listen to that 15-minute short podcast. Uh, I put some more effort into this one and definitely fixed some things from the last um, podcast. Had some feedback from some friends, so hopefully this one's going to be better. Did a lot more uh, research, and let's start off with the post-draft Millie podcast. Um, the thing I want to do in this podcast is I want to be accountable. If I say something crazy or I have a hot take and it's not even close to hitting, let's talk about it. So in the previous podcast, I said that there would be five QBs taken in the first 15 picks. Well, that wasn't even close. There was only three taken in the entire round. Will Levis, CJ Stroud, and Bryce Young. So that one's on me. Got that completely wrong. Uh, I know a lot of people probably didn't see Levis falling to the second round. At least I didn't. But, I mean, the guy eats bananas with the peel on and puts mayo in his coffee. So, I don't know, man. There's probably some GMs out there that was like, we're not going to deal with this weirdo. So, Will Levis falls. I want to talk about some trends I saw in the draft. Uh, The first one is nothing crazy, but it's just talking about the value for centers. So there was no centers taking taken in the first round and it took until the second round to get some taken. And maybe this year there wasn't centers that had the worth the first round talent. Uh, but I also feel that the center position is undervalued entirely because of the need for tackles. And I think teams are so worried about that pressure on the outside when you have to deal with edge rushers like Miles Garrett and such. So those tackles end up taking a lot of those lineman spots that are uh, taken in the first round. But with that being said, you're getting teams that are ending up getting steals with these centers because let's say you draft a center in the second or third round. He's the first, second, third center taken out of the entire draft class. You essentially got a first round level talent for a second round pick or third or fourth. And um, I really would like to just see the centers be respected, just like, just treat them like the tackles, you know, linemen are created equal. And uh, I think with the way that the NFL offenses are going, centers are going to become uh, more important. Take a guy like uh, uh, Jason Kelsey, and I mean, that guy is the cornerstone of the whole entire line. So that was the first time I noticed. The second one I noticed that this one actually bothers me a lot is teams taking RBs early. Now, I don't necessarily have a problem with a team that somehow got a earlier first-round pick because of a trade or whatever the reason may be, and they take a running back. You know, like if the Eagles were to take a running back at 10, I would have had no problem with that because that type of team doesn't – they obviously have big needs to fill like every other team. But the difference is they can afford – to draft a guy and have him sit as a backup running back, or maybe he doesn't even end up working out at all. Whereas other teams are taking running backs when they have so many uh, holes to fill. So for example, Atlanta. Atlanta finished the season with 17 passing TDs total. Marriott had 15, Ritter had two. 17 passing touchdowns. They finished the year with 17 rushing yards, which isn't bad. 
They had Tyler Algier finish with over 1,000 yards as a rookie, okay? They also had both their quarterbacks combined for under 3,000 passing yards. Their offensive ranked 27th, okay? So you're going to say, well, their offensive ranked 27th, so why not grab a running back to kind of bump that number up? The thing is, they already had the production at the running back spot. Maybe Tyler Algier isn't some you know, productive starter where he's going to continue to have these seasons. But the thing is, is that your defense ranked 27th in yards per game. The line, the offensive line ranked 10th. You can always have lineman depth, okay? Tackles go down, guards go down. You're interchanging, taking your guard from tackle, switching your tackle from left tackle to right tackle. You can always use about seven or eight linemen, so you can never go wrong with drafting a lineman there. Like I said, too, their defense ranked 27th. Grab anyone on defense. Your offense also needs another wide receiver. You have Drake London and then no one. So it's like, yes, I understand you grab the best running back in the draft. And if he ends up being a Hall of Famer, I'll eat my words. But the thing is, is you don't, there's so many other needs. Why are you focusing? I think what the problem is, is teams go off best available talent sometimes. And sometimes I think that works. Um, But I also think that mainly works with teams that don't necessarily have so many holes like a team like Atlanta does. So I really didn't like that. Didn't make any sense to me. The Lions kind of did the same thing, right? And the Lions and the Falcons are not in the same position. I'm not necessarily going to say Atlanta's trending down, but there's nothing that would make me believe that Atlanta's going to play better, whereas the Lions are trending trending upwards. Their coach has finally had a couple years with the system and the player he wants. Their Their offense is pretty respectable. They have St. Brown, you know, they just picked up David Montgomery. Jared Goff is actually playing pretty well. Um, But at the same time, I don't believe that the Lions are in a position to have that luxury. Like, again, I'm going to use the Eagles as an example to make picks where you can kind of mess up on, right? So the Lions defense ranked 29th. Why are you even thinking about your offense? Your offense was not your problem last year. Your line was great, so don't draft the lineman. Your defensive line had uh, Aiden Hutchinson, okay? Grab Jalen Carter. Beef that line up. Make make them build with your team. Imagine having Jalen Carter. Let's just assume he's an above-average player. Let's assume Aiden Hutchinson continues to grow. That team, that D-line is going to grow with your team three, four, five years down the road. You might have an unreal D-line, right? And I don't even want to just focus on D-line. Grab someone else. Why are you grabbing a running back? At the time, they had David Montgomery and DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift, according to what I've read, requested a trade. So the original plan was to work in all three guys. I mean, I just don't understand. Your defense is so bad, and that's what cost you a lot of games last year. Focus on that. This running back, again, it's the same thing as Atlanta. If he ends up being some stud, okay, I guess it works out. But at the same time, running backs have 
three to five years tops of their prime. And how good is that running back going to be if the line doesn't say amazing or above average? So it's like picks like that, they just don't make any sense to me. Um, They ended up getting Hendon Hooker, which I projected him to go in the first round, and he ended up going in the third round. Um, I do really like that Hendon Hooker pickup in the third round. I think that, like the Jordan Love situation, I think it's phenomenal when you can grab a quarterback and let him sit behind a starter or veteran or a bridge quarterback. Um, So they didn't have like a terrible draft. I just think at their spot in the draft, there's so much value there that you shouldn't be focusing on running backs, especially when you're on the cuffs of like winning the division and like making a wild card and you finish the season, you know, not with enough wins, you need three or four to get in the playoffs. I don't think the running back is going to fix the situation. Um, That was just the trend I noticed with the running backs being taken early for teams that don't have the um, oppor- like they just don't have the opportunity to make those mistakes. Uh, another thing I wanted to focus on was losers of the draft. Cleveland, one of one of the main reasons they're just the losers of the draft is because they didn't have a pick till the third round because they got rid of all their assets to acquire Watson. And I touched on this on the last video. The Rams. Gave a lot of capital away to grab Stafford. It worked. They won a Super Bowl. But now their team's going to be in a situation for for at least a couple years, um, at least for this season at a minimum. And the Rams were a team that didn't have a lot of picks. But they won the Super Bowl. Cleveland, they didn't win anything last year. And Watson didn't even look good. At least when Matthew Stafford was playing, he looked good. Watson looks like he's not going to make it in the NFL much longer, in my opinion. He may play better than last year, but that's really not saying much. And then what Cleveland does is with their first first pick in the third round, they draft Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee. You essentially drafted a number four receiver for your first draft pick. You have Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and you just traded for Elijah Moore. So... Where is he going to fit in? So are you going to put him above Elijah Moore, the guy that you just traded for? I understand I talk about a lot how guys should sit for a couple years. Wide receiver, it doesn't apply to that. There's certain positions that just put the guy in right away. And the receiver's one of them. So that whole situation was a whole it was a head-scratcher to me. Um, Washington does what Washington does. They drafted a corner with their first overall pick. I believe it was the 16th pick. They drafted Emmanuel Forbes when guys like Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon were still sitting there, which was a steal for the Pats. Um, but again, it's like Washington has so many holes. Why are we drafting a corner? You don't have a quarterback. Both sides of the ball suck. Chase Young's injured. So now you think that a corner is going to fix your problems? I mean, by the time the corners, or by the time your team is actually relevant, potentially, your corner is going to be there for three, four, five years. He might not even be on the team anymore. So what are you trying to get out of him? It doesn't matter how good a corner is if the D-line can't get to the ball. I'm always a big advocate of building your team in and then out. Go O-line and draft out, build your D-line, draft out, trade out, 
whatever. You focus on the interior, offensive, defensive line. You got to keep it simple sometimes. Um, as far as winners of the draft, I think it's pretty, pretty obvious. Eagles had a great draft. They added some great defensive potential after losing some key pieces this offseason. Drafted three players from the historical Georgia defense. They drafted Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, and Keeley Ringo. I just love teams that draft out of the sack. I mean, it makes the most sense to me. It's the most powerful. It's the most athletic. It, it's just the highest level of football in college. And I don't have any stats to back it up, but I could go out here and name 10 Alabama receivers. Can you name Washington State wide receivers that have made the league and done well? It's just like simple. Georgia defense, powerhouse, draft those guys. Alabama, their whole offense, their whole defense. Clemson, draft their defense. It's like, it's just, these teams make it so complicated. And then you have teams like the Eagles and they're like, well, no, we're not going to go out here and grab this guy from uh, the Pac-12 or we're going to grab this guy from the Big Ten from Nebraska. It's like, no. The guy that got the most exposure that was playing the best teams, and they drafted three of them. And they ended up having, aside from that, a fantastic draft because they got a steal in Sidney Brown, the safety out of Illinois. And, oh, yeah, they got DeAndre Swift for a fifth-round pick. I mean, DeAndre Swift has his problems. He's very injury-prone. He's a one-dimensional back. You can't count on him to rush the ball 30 times a game. Even 15 is asking for a lot. But you have Jalen Hurts. It's like you have um, – I'm drawing a blank. Oh, I'm sorry. A.J. Brown. You have Dallas Godert. Now you're just adding another piece. This guy isn't coming in and saying, hey, we need you to run the ball – 50 times a game. We need you to get 10 receptions a game. It's like they are low at running back depth. They lost Miles Sanders. Um, But it's the same thing with like how they drafted. They don't need these guys necessarily to all come in and just start killing it. They have depth at certain positions. And with the DeAndre Swift situation, you put them in a new environment. You put them with a different offense. And your risk is low, fifth round pick. Your ceiling's so high. DeAndre Swift is a phenomenal back if he can stay injured. Phenomenal might be, you know, I might be a little biased because I like Georgia players right now, but he's an above average player when healthy. And he was on the Lions. I mean, I know the Lions are getting better, but the Lions are still the Lions. Another team that had a solid draft was the Steelers. They ended up getting. Bro, Derek Jones, the tackle out of Georgia, and Joey Porter Jr. ended up falling to the second round. I definitely saw him going in the first round, but again, it's one of those things that let's say there's three to five corners that are the top prospects, and teams are just picking based on team uh, the player fitting their scheme, or maybe they just like a certain style of how they play. So I get why he fell. But also, I still think he should have went in the first round. And they grabbed the, t- uh, the tight end out of Georgia, Darnell Washington. 
This guy is 6'7", 270 pounds. Now, originally the Packers passed on him and I kind of wanted them to grab him. But he's more of like a blocking tight end. I think he has the potential. I guess what I'm saying is you have a 6'7", 270 pound tight end and you're drafting him in the third round. Yeah, give it a shot. That's worth a third round attempt. I just don't think that he's fast enough to transition to the NFL. But when you're 6'7 and 270, I think you can block as a tight end at a minimum. So I really like Steelers draft. Um, again, countability. I said Seattle was going to mess up the first pick, and they didn't. They ended up grabbing Devon Witherspoon and Jackson Smith and the Jigba. I think like that right there is like, okay, maybe they had other needs. But there's certain players that it's like, okay, this guy is going to fit in one way or another. And I think Devon Witherspoon fits right in. I think you give another target to Geno Smith. And, and this is kind of what I was getting at earlier. You're not asking um, Najigba to go in and be the number one. You have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So he's going to get playing time, but you're not going to ask him to be the number one. So I really like Seattle's draft. Tennessee, they had a good draft. They just straight up like identified team needs. I feel like there's teams that draft off best available talent, and I don't think that works a lot of the time. I think sometimes when you have a generational talent, it's like I'm not skipping up on this guy. And that makes sense to me sometimes. But also I think it's more important to dra draft the positions you need at that current time. So they went out and he drafted Peter Skronsky, the tackle out of Northwestern that – Everything I've been reading is going to be uh, is going to be converted to a guard, and then they got Will Levis, and I believe the third or no, I'm sorry, second round, but fell well, very far than what he was actually projected. And six of the six picks that Tennessee made were all offensive players. So you have an offense; they're not good. Do I necessarily think that you need to be one sided on the ball or one sided with picks in the draft? Not necessarily. Sometimes you do it, and that's how you're able to grab best available because it's like, well, we just covered all our needs, and we at least put a rookie in there to see if they can help us with years to come. So then further in the draft, you're like, oh, let's get some depth at line. Let's grab a running back for when uh, Derrick Henry gets injured or ends up leaving or whatever happens to him. Um, Bears had a solid draft, and honestly, I hate how much I've said how well the Bears have been doing, or more so how Ryan Poles has been doing. He's just keeping it simple. He's identifying the need at line. They drafted a tackle with their first overall pick, and then they attacked the defense problems the rest of the draft. I think that, I'm not even going to say I, I would think of something like that. I think that's like, okay, we know our, our line is terrible, and we know that our defense is not good either. So what we'll do is, with our top pick, we'll get a tackle. So now we protected Justin Fields. They already have the weapons at wide receiver to see if Justin, Justin Fields is good or not. And then the next seven of, the, of their 10 picks were defensive players. And within the three offensive picks they got, they ended up getting Tyler Scott from Cincinnati in the fourth round in case Darnell Mooney goes or in case Chase, Chase Claypool doesn't do anything this year. And they have... DJ Moore. So, again, the Bears, Ryan Poles is doing his thing. 
And honestly, I've seen my Bear fans, they've struggled for a very long time. And as much as I don't ever want to see them be better than the Packers, and I don't want to see them win a Super Bowl, I'm happy for my friends that actually get to watch a rebuild done the right way. Or at least what seems like it's being done the right way. Uh, Steals of the draft. And picks I like more so. Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. He went to Buffalo. Uh, You give another weapon to Josh Allen. And not to get off topic, but I think they really needed to do something like this this draft with in regards to the offense because Buffalo just when I watched them last year even on defense and on offense they just look like stagnant I think they're just used to being able to do certain things and it working and I think now since Buffalo has been relevant for like three or four years teams are starting to kind of figure out how to cover Stephon Diggs um their run game wasn't bad this year. It's definitely better than it was in previous years, but they're still not like very scary with running the ball. I mean, Josh Allen can run the ball, but I don't really want my offense to be surrounded by the quarterback getting all the rushing attempts. So they got to do something, and I really like Dalton Kincaid. Um, for the Packers, I really like Jaden Reed out of Michigan State, wide receiver. Uh, I think he's a guy that, I'm not going to say he fell, but I definitely feel like he's first-round talent. Um, and I might be a little biased there because the Packers just find receivers in the second round for whatever reason. Christian Watson. I think Devontae Adams was third, but they find receivers late. So I trust the process there. Uh, and then lastly, Michael Mayer, the ND tight end. That was a great pick. Um, He was the most targeted tight end in the 2022 season. So I thought that was really just a good pick. Um, Overall, I really enjoyed the draft. There's a lot of trades. Just a lot of crazy trades. Houston traded back, traded up. Uh, They were doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Oh, and also... um, Cardinals ended up trading back, which I kind of thought they wouldn't. I really thought they were going to take Will Anderson, but they didn't. Um, and I think I forgot to mention this on who had a good draft, but the Texans had a really well draft. Um, here's the thing. Even if you end up grabbing guys and they end up being busts, I still respect a team that is drafting based on team needs and they're they're also drafting best available at that position so for example i'm not sold on cj stroud at all but texans need a quarterback they went out with their second pick they got a qb they ended up trading up to grab will anderson now in the previous video i really did hype up will anderson after looking at some film more in depth, I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's still Bama. The thing with Bama is certain guys are going to shine more than they would maybe on a different team because you can't necessarily double team their best player because sometimes their D-end on this side is going to be a future first-round pick the next year. So then the other side of that's Will Anderson, and you just have to go tackle versus tackle on these on these ends. But 
what I'm getting at is that the Texans drafted what they thought was the best QB, and they needed a QB. That was their biggest need. And then they're trying to solidify a pass rush. In the end, they traded up to grab what they believe and what many others believe as the best D-end in the draft class. So I like the Texans. I still think they're just a terrible franchise, and it's not going to really matter. Um, but that's all I have for the draft. One thing I wanted to talk about, too, real quick, just I'm trying to think of how I'm going to do the schedule for the pod. Thinking, well, for sure a minimum of one a week. Um, it's kind of a weird time with sports. There's a lot going on, but there's not – it's all playoffs, so – can't really necessarily talk about all the teams with NBA or NHL or MLB, but I do want to start to introduce some more topics. These first two podcasts, I just really wanted to go more in depth with the, um, the NFL draft. I thought it'd be an easy way to kind of get this pod going. So if you have any requests, anything I didn't talk about or anything you want me to talk about in the future, like please let me know. Some friends of mine, let me know. They necessarily thought I could have done better, talked about in the first episode, or things that I I know I literally, my word vomit was terrible in the first episode. I probably said probably over 100 times in that first episode. So again, critique me. I'm trying to take this serious. I'm going to have some fun with it at the end of the day. That's really what we're trying to do is just have fun. But I also want this to be a legitimate podcast. I'm trying to get this on Spotify. Give me some time. This is like pulling teeth trying to get this episode. There's this whole verification process and all this. I don't need to get into that, but I am trying to get this on Spotify so you guys don't have to listen to the RSS links that I post. Um, but that's it for episode two. I will have an episode next Sunday or Monday. And I don't know what it's going to be about. So again, let me know, please, what you want to hear. Thoughts on this episode, things you want in the future, let me know. Peace.